Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. And you can check out our uh, specific website at bjshow.co, bjshow.co. I got it right twice, didn't I? Yeah, I sure did. It is a Friday morning, and this is the BJ Show. Uh, we talk about all sorts of stuff. Last break, you were talking about the uh, the Jay Ashcroft uh, uh, little dust up there. Where was that? That, was, that wasn't that was on the Capitol property. That was on a, what, a, a, a... It was outside, like, a catering place, a place called Revel in Jefferson City. Okay, and there was some kind of an event going on there. What was that the deal? Yeah, it was APAC, the American-Israeli P- uh, Public Affairs Council. Okay, I love watching videos. Okay, I'm a video freak, and I saw one the other day. I probably watched it three or four times because, quite honestly, it was very, 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 uh, it made me feel good inside. Because what it was, it was someplace in California. And you know how the crazy thing has gone with the shoplifting where to the point where they changed the law that you don't even get charged under nine. Yeah, everything's free. Yeah, under $950 essentially is like a traffic ticket. So, in other words, you can go into a store, steal $950 worth of stuff. Hold on a minute. You walk out the door, the police arrest you, they give you a ticket, it says you have to show up in court and you know and and, and pay the fine for fifty bucks. In other words, you're going like, Okay, let me think I stole nine hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff, I have to pay fifty dollars for the ticket. I made nine hundred dollars profit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good and by the way, look, real quick, Brad, if if you're if the prosecutor there is anything like St. Louis St. Louis City's Kim Gardner, then the California prosecutor might be taking nursing classes and might not even show up. You might <laughs> just get off completely scot free. Right, or like the prosecutor in New York after those guys. Uh, you know, beat the crap out of those poor New York City policemen in, oh, yeah. in Times Square, and then he <laughs> no bail. You know, they're releasing their own recognizance. Well, that didn't work out well. Okay, so there's this video of this guy, and he doesn't look like Joe Studley. He just is approaching a guy who has like a duffel bag kind of stuff, and he's stuffing it with toys. He's stealing all these toys, and the guy comes up to him and says to him, "Hey, man, put the toys back." And the guy says, no, you can't stop me. And he says to him, look, I'm going to give you your, your one last chance. Put everything back. Take that stuff out of that sack, all the stuff you're trying to steal. Take it out right now. And the guy says, no. Like, it's super quick. You have to almost watch it like in slow-mo. He does this, like, move where he puts his leg behind the guy. He quickly does like a, you know, they're, they're, they're face-to-face. So he like quickly... Leg, he sweeps his leg. He sweeps his leg behind the guy, pushes him in the shoulder. This guy is flat on his back, like, bang, like that. And the dude says, empty the bag and get the hell out. So he argues with him one more time, and the guy takes a stance like he's going to, you know, put a knuckle sandwich in his face. So the guy finally says, okay, okay. And he unloads the bag and then runs out of the store. Wow, nice. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. (laughs) Now, here's the sad part. The sad part is if you probably go back and research that story, 
the guy probably went down to the police station and said, this guy assaulted me in the store. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they come and arrest him. You know, but. And, and and also the comment section will be filled with people, as always, saying it's just property. It's a victimless crime. It's just property. Well, it's like, where was it the one was it where, where the legislature is trying to get a law passed that you can't close your store down, you know, because of the fact that even though you're getting, sto- you know, you know, robbed, oh, yeah. blind. You know, I haven't seen that legislation, but I'm not <sighs> surprised. It's just like, okay, there comes a point in time when, when it's to the point where these people who say things like that, obviously have no concept of what it's like to be in business for yourself. Oh, there, of course not. Brad. There comes a point when you say, okay, it costs me $10,000 a month to run this business, and I'm I, and and my income is $8,000 a month, okay? So in other words, That's you, unsustainable. If you do the math, you think, okay, every month I lose $2,000. Okay, that would be like, and what's interesting is, if you put it in their terms, if you said, okay, you have a job, yeah? Okay, every month you get... $5,000 from that job, but it cost you $8,000 to drive back and forth to that job. Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep doing that job? Most people go, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, same thing with running a company. When your income is less than your than your expenses, you're in trouble. And and maybe the big companies, and I guess what they're saying, well, look at how much more money Walgreens makes or, or CVS or whatever. And, and, you know, why can't they just sustain that and to help out us, help us out in our, in our neighborhood? Because of the fact that they're not in business to lose money. They're not a nonprofit. <clears throat> You're exactly right. Right. They're, they're literally, and, and, and of course, now this, you have to take this argument another layer, which is where you lose people. But Walgreens can't hire people if it's losing money. Well, but not only that, the fiduciary duty, if they had, if they are a publicly traded company, and John Combest knows this quite well because he watches a lot of these companies, if you're investing your money, you don't want to invest your money in a company that's losing money. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you as a stockholder is going to say, hold on a minute, you know, you got to close these stores as you're losing money at. This doesn't make any sense. You when know? everybody knows the only thing shareholders should care about is carbon emissions, Brad. And, ES- and, and you know, Taylor Swift is leading the way, as we mentioned yesterday. But, you're, but, but back to your original point. We've just reached a point where when you have someone like AOC who's famously saying, well, these people looting stores just wanted some bread for their family. Like, if that's not the height of rationalization for bad behavior, I don't know what it is. Right. That would be like saying, well, hey, the guy that broke into the Ferrari dealership and stole the Ferrari, you know, <laughs> he just wants to drive a car, right? You know. Well, Brad, so. as a, you're a certified Kia boy who knows a little bit too much about using USBs to, to steal Kias. So I wouldn't expect you to steal a Ferrari. Once again, I, I, I didn't understand when they first came out, you know, they talk about, and the... And the they're using a USB cable to, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm thinking there's some kind of electrical way they're doing that. They're just doing the stupid. They're using the, the little yeah. the little USB, the the A the A plug, or whatever you want to call it, the A thing, because it's got a little slot in it. Once you st- once you rip out the ignition switch, that little thing fits in there quite nicely, and it turns the it turns the 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 ignition, or you know, you're taking the lock out, and the, the ignition switch is still there, and you're just essentially using that to turn the little tumbler thing. But anyway, and you know, in modern <coughs> education, Brad, they call that STEM. You know, that would be classified as a STEM lesson. I don't know about that, John. Okay, yesterday, first off, we might have to take two breaks on this, okay, because there's a lot to cover here. The case with Colorado, and I know this is not Missouri stuff. We try to stay local, state, you know, county, Westplex, that kind of stuff. But 
I mean, this is affecting everybody because it's interesting, all the stuff that happened in one day. This is the emergency Supreme Court hearing where the state of Colorado is trying to justify why they're trying to take Trump off the ballot yes. uh, in Colorado for the primary. And the uh, attorneys for Trump are trying to say this is improper. It was pretty interesting because I'm not a supreme watcher like a lot of people are, although I do find it fascinating. But most of the time, people, the people who watch the court can tell which direction the Supremes are headed because of the questions they ask. And apparently, from what I've read, and I didn't you know, listen to any of the audio, but from what I've read, almost all the Supreme Court justices who ask questions, they were sort of against Colorado and in favor of Trump. Did you get that impression as well, too? I did, and I only saw headlines on Twitter slash X about this, but it was the idea, the word that I remember sticking out was skeptical. Right. They said they were skeptical of of whether there's any kind of legal standing there. And the interesting part of this is that a couple of the questions had to do with the fact that if every state did this, then you know, uh, uh, what would happen to our elections if if every state... And I guess the whole thing, to me, is the fact that Trump has never been found guilty of insurrection um, right. he's never he's never been into a court of law where someone says you know the the judge you know slams down the hammer and guilty of insurrection you know that would be like me saying um, that uh, you know that uh, Jay Ashcroft shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be uh, uh, the next governor because of the fact that he didn't punch that guy out that you know that pushed him in he should have just you know beat the guy to a pulp yeah, completely arbitrary is right what you're saying. and and people are going like well, what does that have to do with him being the governor? Well, everything, because of the fact that, you know, it's like incrementalism. You find some kind of logical leap to make it make sense. Right, it's incrementalism. If you let some little dweeby guy, you know, push you around, then what's going to happen when the governor of Illinois has a fight <laughs> with you, you know? I mean, when Pritzker tries to when push... When Pritzker tries to sit on you, well, are you going to be able to escape his girlfriend? Right, or push his weight around, pardon the pun. But, <laughs> okay, so... So this turns into be, and supposedly they're saying that the the judgment or the decision from the Supreme Court couldn't could come back any day, which is wow, that's quickly. Which in itself is sort of like wow, that normally really happens because the way it normally works is the Supreme Court hears these cases pretty much before Christmas, isn't it? Usually the the thing with the Supreme. Yeah, I don't know the exact timing actually. Well. I think it's in the fall. They hear the cases in the fall, and then they spend the rest of their time, um, um, you know, and uh, you know the rest of the, the 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 session. And then they have to. I think the law is they have to have all the decisions out by June first, I believe it is. And so they spend you know okay. six seven months deciding what they're going to do. So they claim this could be decided within a day or so. So and the crazy thing about it is, is once again. Here we've got this thing called our Constitution, which is 200-plus years old, okay? And the thing that gets me is this has never come up before. Never. In the history of our country, there's never been a situation where a state has said, hey, we don't like this guy. We think he's a crook. We're not going to put him on our ballot. And the interesting part of that is if you read the Constitution, 
the Constitution does give the states the right to run their elections. And that's why states run elections different ways. That's why some states, you know, for a long time had absolutely positively no uh, advanced voting. You couldn't vote a, a week ahead or a month ahead or anything like that, nor did they have uh, mailing voting, where some states have embraced those types of things, where they essentially say, okay, we're the states, so we can do what the heck we want. And obviously that changed drastically in 2000 because of the COVID thing, where a lot of states said, yeah, you can, you know, you can hire a carrier pigeon, uh, hire a carrier pigeon and have the pigeon come and drop your, I'm being facetious, of course. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. You, you mean know, in 2020? Right. It just, it, you know, it's just like, you know, all, all rules are off. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, just just mark ballot and get it here somehow. And if you have to pay the, the Uber guy to drive it in, we don't care. You know, that kind of a thing. Yep, yep. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. And quite honestly, um, I think it's, it's, it just shows you the fact that there are some people that will do anything to not let Trump get elected. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and I know that this is where you're going with this, Brad. It pairs nicely, as a dinnerman, you might say, it pairs nicely with an evening press conference in which Democrats see what's happening and they see what the American people see. Oh, man. Okay, so let's, let's, let's take the second part of this equation. Yesterday, the report comes out about the mishandling of the confidential documents from President Biden. Okay, now, keep in mind, we have President Trump who gets raided by the FBI at his personal residence in Mar-a-Lago because he has confidential documents. But then it comes out that everybody has confidential documents. Mm-hmm. We had we had um, uh, Mike Pence who came out with confidential documents. We have, there were a couple other people. And then one day it comes out that, oh, yes, uh, uh, Joe Biden says, yeah, I might have a few of those confidential documents in my house. Okay. So apparently few is from the report is, shall we say, Stating it mildly, he has boxes of confidential documents that hit, you know, he didn't know his staff put it there. And and you know what? You know what gave me great comfort? (laughs) I'm looking at the president of the United States. I'm seeing his house. I'm seeing his garage and there's junk everywhere. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not that bad after all. You're not so bad. You know, a little lawn equipment that you forgot to put away in the fall, right. a couple rakes or something. It's not so bad. I thought, Brad, I thought the same thing months ago when we saw those pictures of his garage. Yes. It's like, well. <laughs> right. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you expect the president of the United States to have everything nicely in like would. Tupperware would. Because boxes? He would have some, because, you know, he wouldn't be doing it. Right. And Lord knows if it's wet, he could fall and break a hip or something. Right. But he would have somebody organize that garage. <laughs> Got some staff member who's like is like the organizational freak where everything is like, you know, they've got shelving in there and they've got, you know, the Tupperware containers that have all the files in it and there's labels on each one. You <laughs> and know. they're labeled properly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and here's looks... your three quarter inch screws that right. are in an expensive craftsman drawer. Right. And it looks like there's just junk thrown everywhere. Yeah, I'm just, going like... it, he looks like he, he looks like he just moved in right. and he's like, Oh yeah, there's that those boxes that have moved with me every move. <laughs> Right. And then there's one picture. Remember, he talks about, well, they're in a garage and they're locked with my Corvette. And there's my, a, yeah, the Corvette picture. And there's another picture of the Corvette sitting out in the driveway and the garage is open and somebody's got circled where the confidential documents are. And I'm going like, OK, that's so. the picture I've seen. I'm going like, let's think about this for a minute. He's saying that he's his garage is so secure. But yet here's a picture. And <laughs> I don't know where that picture came from. Somebody said 
I read that that picture that has been widely, you know, yeah. widely, uh, uh, you know, circulated was taken by somebody who just drove by. It wasn't well, like that, a you government know what? official. If you're or looking for like some that. good confidential documents, if you're looking for a little dirt, I don't know why you wouldn't just make a quick run for the garage and grab a box and take it, throw it in your trunk. I'm thinking to myself, you know, my life's not too bad after all because I'm not the most organized guy in the world. I've got junk laying everywhere. Okay, like. I'm just like the president, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it, it, it increases his favorability a little bit. And let's be frank, when you when you hear him talk sometimes, we've all had a grandma or a grandpa who we've started to get a little bit worried about. And we've gone and said to the worker, maybe at the at the old folks home, said, look, you know, they're a really well – she's a really well-meaning old lady. She doesn't mean it when she says X, Y, Z, right? Well, I, you know, I, I, I will say this. Not defending because I'm old, I'm an old guy. Okay, not defending my age. But <laughs> I know people who are in their 20s and 30s who are wackadoodle. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know people in their 80s that are sharp right. as a tack. Right. I know people who are in their like I told you the story. My one attorney friend. She told me that on any given day, she deals with several attorneys, and she was doing high profile course uh, cases. She deals with several attorneys who are in their 70s and 80s, and she would not want to be in court against them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. She, she was like, this guy could could you know fillet me in court. I hope we can settle this outside of court. Because if I have to go against him in court, I'm not going to have an easy time against this guy. You know, and once again, he's like yep. 75 or 80 or 85 years old. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is still sharp as a tack. I mean, Absolutely. We, we had the story. We, we run it right here on 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 uh, on this very station. There's a little fill we use that talks about the fact that, that Norman Lear, who was in World War II, he died when he was 101. The week before he died, he was still working on a script for a TV show. I mean, come I on now. It. And anybody who's watched a few snippets of Tucker Carlson, Carlson and Vladimir Putin know that you can be advancing in age and still be very sharp. You talking about Tucker or Vladimir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Vladimir. I haven't seen the whole thing. I got it queued up to watch and to listen to in the car, but I uh, saw some snippets and it was it was interesting. Okay, we're gonna take a break. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?